Do you need any last minute sustenance? Yeah. Any last minute libations? My water had cat hair in it, so. Oh. <laughs> Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Ride Home Podcast. My name is Abby. Hey, guys, it's Caitlin. We are doing another at-home podcast. Apparently, we're not leaving the house this Christmas break. <laughs> we're just shut we're in. just hermits. Yeah. We've been very much enjoying Christmas break. Lazy and loving. Yes. And part of our Christmas break was to watch a movie that had a limited release over Thanksgiving weekend and just Thanksgiving weekend, which I thought was unusual. Mm-hmm. And then they put it on Netflix, which is the sequel to A Knives Out. Mm-hmm. And it is Glass Onion, A Knives Out Mystery. Which, first of all, did they really have to do A Knives Out Mystery? Right. I'm not sure if that was I guess they're like trying necessary. to like continue with the branding of it being Knives Out. Right. But I'm not sure that they had to do that. I don't think they had to at all. I mean, like we saw Daniel Craig in the promos. We get it. I think Daniel Craig with the most like heavy Southern accent in the history of time just Mm -hmm. is like, oh, okay, this is Knives Out. Right. (laughs) You don't have to tell us it's Knives Out. Yeah. We just, hey guys, it's Knives Out. Hey guys, just in case. (laughs) Just FYI. It's a Knives Out mystery. It was written and directed by the same writer director from the first one who is ryan johnson who i actually am like a pretty big fan of i like have you ever seen looper or no okay (laughs) you probably haven't seen half of these he did a recent star wars i've only seen knives out i think you've seen just knives out i mean i think you saw the last jedi yeah i'm pretty sure you did but i really enjoyed looper and i think you would enjoy looper too and i enjoyed brick he's a very original writer and he has Mm -hmm. a very interesting way of telling all of his stories they all have like a little bit of a weird timeline to each one of them and so i think i i have just enjoyed his movies thus far that i have seen the brief synopsis always from google with no spoilers is Tech billionaire Miles Braun invites his friends for a getaway on a private Greek island. When someone turns up dead, Detective Benoit Blanc is put on the case. So Benoit Blanc is obviously played by Daniel Craig, like Mm -hmm. we said. And then the rest of this cast is just like action packed. Like Mm -hmm. this is a massive cast, a very expensive cast. The tech billionaire Miles Braun is played by Edward Norton. And then his friends that he gathers on this island are played by Kate Hudson, Catherine Hahn, Janelle Monae, Dave Bautista, Leslie Odom Jr. It's just a whole conglomerate yeah, of a who's quite who. a cast and crew yes there were also some little cameos which they aren't spoilers because mm-hmm. they're on imdb but there was a small cameo by hugh grant there was a small cameo by angela lansbury ethan hawk ethan hawk had a small My cameo face. serena williams yes. natasha leone so it basically was just a large gathering of you recognize basically everybody on the screen yes. minus like two or three smaller characters right. it is obviously a sequel to a knives out but it's the only thing that continues from that first story is benoit blanc Right. So it's not Not a continuation of that family story. Right. It's just a sequel in the fact that it's a similar idea with the same detective. Right. So kind of like the Agatha Christie. I forget what his name is with the mustache. Poirot. Yes. Yeah. Basically, it's him. Yeah. But 
a southern but we call it knives out instead. (laughs) (laughs) so that being said i know that it is going to be very hard to not compare this to the first one yeah which we can we definitely can but in just this first part right here i'm going to do what i normally do and ask you your thoughts and feelings try and remove any comparisons from the first Hmm. one okay well (laughs) all my first thoughts and feelings were comparing it to the first one (laughs) okay so scratch that's hard (laughs) that's hard for me no i can do it okay Okay, so just as a movie itself yeah if you if this was just i had never seen knives out yeah and i just watched this i really enjoyed it Mm -hmm. i thought it was really fun to watch yeah I thought it was very quick-witted yeah. and easy to follow once yeah. we put the subtitles well, yeah. on. <laughs> we literally like halfway through the movie, I was like... Mm. It's just like in movies like this, there's just a lot of like pieces and parts. Like uh-huh. there's a lot of players. There's a lot of like names of things. Yeah. And like it's hard to keep track of all of that. So like I would recommend if you do, obviously you have to watch this at home now. There's a lot of like techie mm-hmm. speak because it is a tech billionaire and like the company that he runs and mm-hmm. that all these people are like associated with mm-hmm. has like a lot of tech involved mm-hmm. and so we got lost pretty quick and just threw on the yeah. subtitles and from that point on we were fine yeah it was very helpful to have them so i would say all in all like i thought it was a really good movie i thought yeah. it was fun and it was a fun watch i don't really know what yeah. else to say no. i think it was fun yeah yeah I think for me, it is the movie form of one of those crime novels that is specifically branded for women, like Mm -mm. Gillian Flynn, which they even mention her name in this movie. It was a little more elementary, I guess, than Mm -hmm. I would say I was expecting because Ryan Johnson is a pretty complex writer usually. Mm -hmm. And I thought it was a really simple story, but it was fun and it was really easy to watch. And I thought that the characters were really enjoyable in their own individual Mm -hmm. ways. But I think that being said, the characters were all extreme versions of people mm-hmm. they weren't at all real people or real characters right or really even fully developed characters really genuine yeah, yeah there wasn't really much meat and potatoes mm-hmm. behind any of this movie no. that being said it was still a really fun movie to watch yeah that's the thing i think it was like for me it just like i liked it and i enjoyed it and i thought it was really fun but it was like Kind of like it was like a surface level mystery movie. Yes, very surface. That's kind of my hang up. And then we can, I guess, get into the comparison hang ups. Right. Right. (laughs) Because I'm I'm not really showing all my cards right now because I have a lot of things. Right that i have and as always we will remind you when it's spoiler time and so this first part we will not give away any spoilers so if you haven't seen the movie yet you can listen up until the little elevator music i will say one thing that i personally hated Mm. and i think some people might like it and might think it's funny okay for me i thought it just took away a lot from the story and it just kind of irked me because it didn't really serve much of a purpose was the COVID storyline. Okay. They didn't have to make these like little nods to the COVID experience Mm -hmm. because the whole first 20 minutes of the movie was basically these individual characters all on lockdown and like Mm. Benoit Blanc was like sitting in his bathtub on a Zoom call. Right. And I was just like, "Eh, I didn't need that. 
it didn't do yeah, anything uh, for me and it wasn't really funny and i think like two years after the fact like the joke is gone mm-hmm, at this point mm-hmm. you know what i mean they were playing yeah. like among us and yeah it was, and like it felt it felt pretty irrelevant and also it was kind of a throwaway because yeah like you said it was really that first 20 minutes mm-hmm. And then they never talked about COVID or mentioned COVID again. Right. And they they didn't need to be in lockdown to go to this man's private island. Like if your friend invites you to his private island, you're going whether or not you're on lockdown or not. You're going to go hang out on a private island in Greece. So I didn't think that that was necessary at all. I agree with you. I think it honestly took away a lot. And especially considering this movie was approximately a half hour too long Mm -hmm. if they just took out that storyline and just gave us that very first scene of all of them getting invited to the island they could have just started with that and they could have just been like doing what they normally are doing like it didn't have to be like they're all on lockdown doing covid things like zoom calls and bathtubs and covid parties and even benoit blanc was like well i haven't had a case in so long and i'm so bored and it's just like he could have have had that without covid yeah like it could have just been a while yeah like and and also it also didn't need to be that it's been a while right he could have just gotten the case and gone and done the case right i don't know there was just kind of some throwaway things at the beginning that i just didn't really think added to literally anything and so i was a little frustrated by that because i didn't like the first 20 minutes of the Mm -hmm. movie and i was like oh my god is this going to be the whole movie is just little covid jokes right and luckily like we said after they get on the island there's like barely any speak of covid right and so luckily i was able to enjoy the movie after that fact (laughs) yeah i'll agree with you and i I think that it could have been set up a whole different way Mm -hmm. that would have just been smarter and funnier honestly yeah i think it took away from some of the jokes yeah because there were other jokes in that whole setup scene that weren't covid related that were hilarious that were really funny yeah. and there were like little moments where we got to see each of the characters and like yes. a piece of their personality mm-hmm. which were really smart and funny and it was like why couldn't we just have had that and scrap the whole covid thing exactly so i totally i'm with you on that yeah i also think that i was really really distracted and I don't know if you feel the same way because obviously we've had this discussion before about you don't really notice technical things as much as Mm -hmm. I do but I'm interested to see if you think anything about this what did you think of the cinematography I thought that it was trying to do something Uh uh-huh that it didn't need to do and I don't know how to explain it um what is the movie that it reminded me of um the big short uh-huh in like movies like that it kind of like with the little cutaways and like the little like split screens and, and the, like and the zoom in and the yeah. zoom out so my biggest issue with the cinematography wasn't necessarily that which i agree was like doing a little too much mm-hmm. at times but half of it looked like it was shot on an iphone to me okay because they would have these really extreme close-ups of a character where their face was really almost distorted like it was like you were looking at them at a weird angle and then everything behind them was still in focus Hmm. 
And so I don't know if that was like a purposeful thing. Like you're supposed to be watching everything on the mm. screen. Like you're supposed to be like, well, you can't leave everything out of focus because right. you need to watch to see if there's clues in the background. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that was the point, mm-hmm. but it made for a really hideous movie to look at. The lighting was harsh. There were scenes where there was like giant shadows on the walls. One person was heavily lit and then like Ed Norton's face was completely in shadows. Like there was a scene where you couldn't even see his face and not really for any reason. Mm -hmm. And I thought it just felt sloppy. And I don't know if it was like they were doing it on purpose. Like I said, like, Uh oh, you need to make sure you're looking at everything. So everything's in focus. Mm -hmm. But to me, it just looked like it didn't have any attempt to be attractive and aesthetically pleasing. And it was just like, let's just throw this story on a screen real quick. Yeah, I mean, of course, I didn't pick up on any of that. The only thing I will say, like, technically that I noticed is, like, the color was very saturated. Yes, yes. Um, I didn't really pick up on any lighting things. But uh, then again, you were, like, in lighting for, like, years of your life. Right. So, like, of course, you would notice <laughs> right, that. Right. But I did notice that the color was very weirdly saturated. The color was saturated. The exposure was odd. And the framing, also, a lot of their shots, the person was framed in the center of the screen Mm. but not fully centered like it wasn't I've seen movies where they can really for example see how they run Mm. utilize the centering of the person where it felt like they were being interrogated Mm -hmm. by the audience almost Mm -hmm. and they didn't even like look directly into the screen they were just framed in the center sure and it was like they did that but they were still slightly offering like this like a Mm -hmm. little bit into the other third of the screen And I literally, I had to make a choice. It was about a third into the movie and it was during a pool scene. And Mm -hmm. like the lighting was so harsh and disgusting that I literally said to myself, stop thinking about it and just watch the movie. (laughs) Okay. So if you are planning to watch this movie and you are a little bit of like a technical critic, tell yourself at the beginning just just ignore it just ignore it i'm gonna speak up for the average viewer and just say i didn't notice shit about the lighting right so i don't think most people like me who are just like an average movie watcher would not pick up on that i think they would maybe pick up on some of the more obvious things that i picked up on but obviously like you said if you're really technical and like notice things like that and know a lot about that you will notice it but i think you're right you have to just kind of like dispel any of that and just watch it and like i said about my initial review it's like reading a crime novel you can't judge the writer on whether or not they're like a beautiful writer Mm -hmm. like with Mm -hmm. wonderful descriptions you're just reading those books for the story i'm gonna say something right now which might upset some of the people that listen to our podcast no I think I know what you're going to do. This is the Colleen Hoover of crime yes. movies. Yes. Yep. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry to anybody who likes Colleen Hoover, but we ca- we have to all just say she's not a good writer. Girly Pop cannot write. She's not like an esteemed <laughs> no. writer. Okay. So like she she's able to weave stories yes. that people are captured by and get hooked on, but it's not actual good writing. Correct. And this is what that movie was. Which, now if we can go into our comparison of this movie to the original. Yeah. The original was a good movie. Yes. The characters were really fleshed out and they felt like actual people. Yes. So like, Ana de Armas, I don't know if I'm butchering her name, but like, 
she was amazing in mm-hmm. it and she her entire character felt so real and yes. her connection to and her scenes with Christopher Plummer mm-hmm. were so good that family structure as a whole even though they had ridiculous moments they very much played as like a real like super wealthy family that's all selfish full of issues. And, yeah, yeah full of issues and the cast was just as big and bold. Like it was Chris Evans, Jamie Lee Curtis, Tony Collette, Michael Shannon, Christopher Plummer, Joseph Gordon-Levitt. Like right. these huge names just like this one. But the characters in this one were not real people. Right. Were caricatures. And this was so much more of a full-blown comedy with little pieces of detective mm. work mm-hmm. where the first one was mostly a mystery mostly a mystery with some comedy and the comedy was darker Darker. yep and more realistic and smarter and smarter it was like a person watched the first movie and then wrote their own little knives out tale with benoit blanc yes yeah and when i saw that ryan johnson wrote this one and directed Mm -hmm. this one i was like hold on a second how did he go from the first knives out to this one right because it was a different tone a different timeline the way he told the story yeah. and i was just like wow this is really interesting mm-hmm. i'm glad you agree with me i totally <laughs> agree with you the first one was significantly better in my opinion night and day and for all of the reasons you just said like i think it was just a better movie yeah um it was better written it was better lit better filmed better <laughs> directed, directed better acted yes, like i don't know percent. i think it was just and you know what before we get into the spoiler section the mystery was better that's what I, that's another one of my notes that i had written down the mystery itself was so much more complex mm-hmm. and interesting and yeah. I don't know, like it was like more messed up. Without giving anything away, and I literally will not give anything away, the mystery in this one was so simple that I looked over at Caitlin and said, well, it has to be that person, right? Mm -hmm. And then I said... But no, they, it would it, that would be too obvious. You're like, but it couldn't because that's too simple and obvious. Because that's too simple and obvious. And then it was. And then we were both just like, really? Like, yeah. Wow. So we felt a little deflated at mm-hmm. the end. So I would say to wrap up the non-spoiler section, and I think you'll agree with me, the first half hour, awful. Mm-hmm. The whole middle hour, great fun, a good time, yeah. raucous, one might say. Right. And then the last half hour, another round of awful. <laughs> could have done without it. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I know that's when we find out the yeah. answer, but like really could have done without really it. Really could have done without it. And it got a little like obtuse and bombastic at the end uh-huh. where just everything... It fell apart. Fell apart. Yeah. So I think overall, again, I'm going to say it, definitely worth a watch. It's For fun. Sure. It's a, it's at, you're sitting at home watching Netflix and I... Yeah. You know, it was like The Gray Man, you know, that movie yeah. that we watched where it's just yeah. like, it doesn't have to be a good movie to enjoy it. No. This was not a good movie, no. but I enjoyed it. Sure. For yeah, sure. It was fun. So what is your popcorn rating? I think for me, it's going to be a medium, mm-hmm. not because of the quality of the movie, yeah. but just because of how much I enjoyed watching it. Yeah. So obviously, like we didn't, we weren't doing the podcast when the original Knives Out came out, but yeah. that would be a large for me. Oh, absolutely. Um, and this is definitely a medium, but it's like kind of a skimpy medium. I a you thousand know? percent agree with you. It wasn't so... It wasn't so bad that I'm going to give it a small. Yeah. Just technicality wise, probably it would be a small. Yeah. 
but because I enjoyed watching it so much, I'm just going to give it a medium. I completely agree with you. And I think that if I didn't tell myself at the beginning mm-hmm. to like shut my brain up and to stop judging it, mm-hmm. it would have been a, an extra small. <laughs> I was I was really yeah. struggling in the first half hour. Yeah. But I think when I put that aside and I just enjoyed the cast of characters for what they were and I just stopped Mm -hmm. trying to be like okay like these have to be similar to what the Knives Out actors gave Mm us. Once I accepted that it was a comedy and that these were caricatures and this was a little bit on the edge of like not at all being believable. Not even the edge. This isn't believable. (laughs) No. So like once I put those thoughts aside I really did enjoy it and thought it was fun and there were some really funny moments Mm -hmm. And so I will also give it a skimpy medium. Like maybe you popped your own bag at home and put it in yeah. your purse. But it's a lot of popcorn. But like you brought it in your purse. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> sorry, glass onion. Sorry, glass onion. Sorry. All right, everybody. Welcome back to... I'm just going to start calling it the Caitlin portion of the yeah. podcast. <laughs> okay. Caitlin's ready. Caitlin's corner. Yeah. Kay- <laughs> Caitlin's corner. Um, from now on, everything we talk about will involve spoilers. We will talk about who the killer is. Mm-hmm. We will talk about everything. So please turn off this portion of the podcast if you haven't seen the movie or you plan to. It's a right. whodunit. So spoilers. So like, this yeah, is the most important we're gonna thing. We're going to tell you who yeah. did it. Yeah. So... <laughs> All right, and we're going to tell you who did it in three, two, one. I can't believe they made fucking Miles Braun the killer. Out of all the people there, they could have done something really interesting. Mm -hmm. They could have made it be that the twin sister who is Janelle Monae was like killing people off while she was there to get revenge. They could have had it be whiskey who mm-hmm. is dave bautista's kind of like sweet and innocent girlfriend that's you know trying to build her brand brand and platform yeah. but like as we've had little peaks and scenes where she's actually like a good person right where they could have had it be a twist that she's been playing all of them at the same time and right is getting hers i literally could make up 600 different plots and i think anybody else could that were more interesting than miles fucking braun being Mm -hmm. the killer yeah clearly i'm upset you are (laughs) upset it was even like obvious for me yeah and like that's the thing is like i never figure a mystery out right yeah i really don't because I'm just simple and I just it's not that you're simple you turn your brain off when you watch movies right and you just let it happen right and so whenever I'm just like oh I know who the killer is you're always like how do you how the fuck do you know yeah and I'm always pissed because I feel stupid because I don't you're not stupid but you're it's just, like you I'm watch just movies experiencing a different way. movie yes I'm just experiencing the movie I'm just watching it and ingesting it and yes. I'm not digesting it at yeah. the same time so this time though when you said you were like it's gonna be him are you set? I can't remember like how you said you're like, it can't be miles. And I was like, yeah, right. Like, like I literally, I looked up, they were doing the little notepad where Janelle Monet's character mm-hmm. was writing like who has motive and who had opportunity. Mm-hmm. And she was like basically playing clue. Right. Which they made a joke that she was playing clue. Yes. And 
when they were doing that and she kept crossing people's names off, they never talked about Miles when mm-hmm. they were like crossing the names off or they would like briefly mention him, but then they would go to other uh-huh. people. And I was just like, wait a second. Why are we not talking about Miles? Right. First of all, because he has the most reason out of anybody. Mm-hmm. And on top of that, when you find out halfway through the movie that Janelle Monet's character is actually her twin sister mm-hmm. and they know Benoit Blanc and Janelle Monet both know that she is not Andy. Right. That she is Helen. Right. After the audience finds that out, the clear and obvious person should be Miles. Right. Because who else would it be? Right. And and so I think like I was just really confused by the by the entire reveal and the whole path that we got there felt like they were setting us up for a really a fun different twist. Thing. Yeah. And like there were small scenes where and this was built into like the original Knives Out. Obviously, it's in every whodunit where like each character looks a little suspicious, suspicious. in their mm-hmm. own way. And I thought that they had the opportunity to surprise us with somebody who was like as simple as like whiskey mm-hmm. or honestly, Catherine Hahn. Mm-hmm. I love her yeah. with my entire heart. And she could have played a perfect, hilarious, unhinged final scene where she's revealed as the killer. Right. She's like the perfect person for that. Yes. And they wasted her. They wasted Catherine Hahn. But you know what? I think this is the issue. The twist was not who the killer was. Yeah. The twist was that Janelle Monet was not Andy. And we found that out halfway through the movie. Very early on. And then it was like, oh, like that part was cool because yeah. it was like, oh, shit, she's dead. And like she yeah. has a twin sister. Granted, I do have. Can I just say one thing about Janone? Of course. Yeah. It was a little bit of a miss for me. Complete miss. Which um, you know what's interesting? Yeah. The internet is loving her performance. What? I thought it was bad. It was really bad. <laughs> there was a line when Benoit Blanc invites her to the island and he's like, yeah, he's like, oh, I couldn't. Oh, yeah. oh, oh my God. Like, oh, because he's having this idea of like bringing right, her to right. like as disguised as Andy. And he goes, what if you came to the island as Cassandra? And she looks at him and just goes, what? <laughs> like says it like that. Yeah. And it's like, you want me to come to the island? And I was like, whoa, 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 Janelle. Yeah. Sweetie. It was bad. <laughs> and it was also the really bad add southern accent yeah that was rough it, also that also she kept dropping like mid-sentence sometimes yeah like it, it would was, go in and out and she was supposed to be from alabama and it was not like no. it was i'm sorry but like fucking daniel craig did a better southern accent than her yeah <laughs> yeah like daniel craig was one of the only like redeemable things about this movie like uh-huh. him and some of the other cast members their performances with what they had to work with yeah were great Uh, kate hudson was hilarious oh my god the scene where she finds out that a sweatshop isn't where they make sweatpants (laughs) it's where like the when her assistant looks at her and is like wait did you think a sweatshop is where they made sweatpants and like that scene was absolutely hysterical and also just all the nods to her being just a shitty white privileged like yes. m- me 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 doesn't even understand how you could 
have a sweatshop do your you know sweatpants right. because she literally is the designer of sweatpants right and so there was an email where they were like oh by the way this this place in bangladesh is a sweatshop and she goes okay sounds good smiling perfect <laughs> sounds great <laughs> so like that with a memoji yes. of her dabbing that was yes. what <laughs> her assistant's like and it's a memoji of you dabbing <laughs> So there were some really funny moments with her. Again, Catherine Hahn is fantastic mm-hmm. in everything that she does. I think they could have played with her a little bit more. She yeah. played like a politician. Sure. Dave Bautista, first of all, what? His scalp. Is he like scarred? Because it looks like his brain is sitting on top it's of like his head. Exposed. <laughs> his scalp is very disturbing to me. I don't know. It looks like a Sharpay. Yeah. But like not like I've seen Baldwin with like wrinkled heads and it's not that. I feel like it has to be scarring from when he was like a fighter. And there are so many close ups of him again. So many. Again with the really awkward downward angle. Yeah. So we saw his head a lot. We had to look at his scalp a Because lot. I actually Googled what happened to his head and oh. everyone. Uh, there was no mention of like what exactly happened. But like the internet is talking about his head. But <laughs> he's been in movies before. And so yeah. like this is the first time we've really noticed his head Mm -hmm. which again is a nod to the cinematography in this was weird yeah the angles were weird why were we looking at dave bautista's top of his head we shouldn't have seen it we were seeing his his brain his gray matter on screen (laughs) (laughs) we didn't need to yeah no yeah i think another performance that was good but unfortunately even though i like screamed about it at the beginning of the spoiler section ed norton was great yeah i mean i always love him he is so great it's funny because he looks like he could be my uncle mm-hmm. he looks like members of my family and so yeah. there are there there were a lot of times i was really distracted because i was like oh my god he has my eyes like it's <laughs> it like gave me like yeah. a panic because i felt like i was watching an uncle of mine play a tech billionaire what if you're related to edward norton i might be could be i mean it's very possible, possible. he looks like my family he really does and so I was a little distracted by that at first because I haven't seen him in anything for a long time. It's been a little bit. But I mean, he's always great. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's rarely, I don't think I've ever seen him no. give a bad performance. No, honestly. And so even though I was upset that he was the killer and I didn't really enjoy that, I really loved his character. Mm-hmm. I immediately from the beginning picked up on what Benoit Blanc talks about later, which is all of his malapropisms where he's uh-huh. just like saying the weirdest word in the weirdest place. <laughs> yeah. And it was cracking me up the whole time. Uh-huh. So I really enjoyed him. And honestly, like I really enjoyed every, I mean, Leslie Odom was really great. He looked amazing. Yeah. Leslie Odom was like he handsome ate. AF. <laughs> yeah, he ate like the whole time. He just looked amazing. I have never been attracted to him before I this movie. Either. And then suddenly I was like, wait a second. Something about the little suit. Mm. he was wearing with like the lapel and, and the, the beard and the beard and just like the way he was i don't know and the scientist yeah like, the smart guy thing something happened with leslie odom jr he that was up or something it was nice to watch yeah we liked it basically we were fans of everybody but janelle monet which is so strange because everybody on the internet i keep I could, before we saw it i just kept seeing like Oh, she's so good in this. But, you know, I have to say something else that probably will piss some people off. Oh, no. I think she's a little overrated. 
I like her music a lot. Yeah. I love her music. I'm going to say right. that. I think there's, it's a little bit of like a Taylor Swift thing going on where it's like where it's people more are the really person. fans of her. Yeah. Like I know some people who are like true fans of hers. And mm-hmm. it's like when you have that, you're a little bit biased, I think. Yeah. Like to be honest, yeah. like let's say I saw Timothy Chalamet give a horrible for- performance. I don't know it's possible for him to do that. But let's say he does. I would probably not notice it. And you would make excuses. And for I would it. make excuses yeah. because I love Timothy Chalamet yeah. so much. And I think he's so good at acting that yeah. I would probably just be like, yeah, he was amazing. It was so nuanced. Yeah. And like, <laughs> yeah. no, it wasn't. Like yeah. sometimes just people don't act well and that's okay. I thought she was um, good in Moonlight. I love Moonlight's yeah. one of my, fa- it's my favorite drama of all time. Right. I thought she was really good in that. And for some reason, just her character was fine up until when we found out it mm. was her twin. And then that balance of her playing the twin with Benoit and playing Andy without Benoit. She didn't do it well. It wasn't done well. And no. I think to be fair to her, Ryan Johnson should have paid more attention sure. to that. And, I was going to say some of that could have been a direct Absolutely. Issue. And I think there were so many things that happened throughout that felt just so clumsy mm-hmm and unnecessary and again with the runtime being two hours and 20 minutes I was just frustrated because I felt like they had the opportunity to tell a much better story Mm -hmm. in a much shorter period of time and it just all blew up quite literally literally at the end yeah when they pulled out that little piece of hydrogen whatever Mm -hmm. this tech company plus leslie odom who is the scientist who's developing it plus katherine hahn who's a politician who's signing off on the development of it Mm -hmm. they're making this renewable energy made from like hydrogen that basically is unstable Mm -hmm. and could turn people's homes into a giant hydrogen bomb right and the characters are all basically admitting to themselves that this bomb could kill people mm-hmm. and could blow homes up. Right. But because they want the money, they're, they're pursuing this anyway. Anyways, yeah. And the second they said that the home that they were at was run by mm-hmm. that, I was like, all right, so when's the explosion going to mm-hmm. happen? Everything that happened was so predictable. Yeah. The fun part of a whodunit is when you find out who the killer was. Mm-hmm. And then they do these flashbacks where it's like you're putting all the pieces together and you're like, oh, shit. Like, oh, oh, man, like it was that. That's crazy. And I even like when watching Death on the Nile, which was one of the worst movies I've seen (laughs) this year, still had a brief moment at the end where I was like, oh, shit, that's cool. Mm -hmm. And that's I think my other like the only other issue that I did want to talk about is just the pacing of this movie because for me it just took so long to get to any sort of a twist at all well here's the biggest spoiler that I forgot to mention at the beginning we did not have a dead person until an hour and 15 minutes into the movie an hour and 15 minutes into a whodunit we finally have a dead person that's what I'm saying why did it take so long you gotta kick off with the dead guy (laughs) we had to have had a dead guy like way sooner yeah i did not appreciate that and i think for me like specifically me and other people with adhd Mm -hmm. like because i knew it was a whodunit like it was pissing me off yeah and because then you find out like the whole thing is like edward norton brings his friends there for like his murder Uh uh-huh i thought that like he was gonna be killed yeah 
he was going to be killed and like we were going to have to figure out who killed him right you know what the timeline reminded me of Hmm. a really bad version of prisoner of azkaban so you know when like (laughs) you know when you watch hermione yeah with her time turner or whatever it's called and you watch them going through the scenes yes and it's from like a different perspective at that moment that benoit blanc says well we really need to find out who killed cassandra Mm-hmm. and basically that's the that's the moment of like oh shit mm-hmm. like she's the dead guy right so that the whole who done it was this person that died weeks we didn't even ago know. or not weeks ago days ago right and then after you find that out you see all these it was like we watched the whole movie again but from the perspective of helen being andy uh-huh. instead of andy being andy and right. so it was like hermione was helen yes and i was sitting there and i was just thinking okay this could have been cool right and i didn't mind like i didn't hate it but it also made for like you said a very awkwardly paced movie mm-hmm. yeah and you know what i just want to watch the first one again i adore the first one so we can do yeah. that anytime you want that being said i know we're like really harsh on it in the spoiler section we're really picking it apart but here's the thing if you watch this movie and you have zero plans of it being as good as the first one Mm -hmm. if you have zero plans of it being anything more special than a like a comedy whodunit right just go into it with an open mind and enjoy it because again really funny scenes really funny characters mm-hmm. i'm still going to give it a medium even though it's like a little bit hurting my heart yeah shocked and confused that the tomato meter is a 93 percent. very confused i think people are maybe doing the the taylor swift thing or the uh-huh. janelle Monet thing where it's like oh we just love knives out so here's <laughs> here's a 90 percent. we love it 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 should have been for me i would have, i would have given it more in like the 60s I would have given it a 72. Okay. Yeah. A nice little watch when you're sitting at home doing nothing. It's perfect over Christmas for Christmas week. break. Perfect for Christmas like, break. Like, please watch it sometime over Christmas break. With your home popcorn that you don't have to stuff in your purse. Because no one wants to put popcorn in their purse. <laughs> Well, that does it for us. I'm sorry to anyone who loved this movie if we just like picked it apart for you. I'm so sorry. We really do hope that you enjoy it if you see it and that you are enjoying your Christmas break. Hopefully if you have one and if you don't, we just want to wish you a happy new year because 2023 is right around the corner. And I know we didn't start this podcast at the beginning of the year, but it does feel a little bit like we're wrapping up like a season Mm -hmm. almost, Mm -hmm. even though like the end of our season will probably be like Oscars for us. Right. But it feels nice to end the year and to start a new one. And we just want to thank everybody who's been listening and following along and participating in our Instagram polls and everything yeah. like that. So thank, thank you, you guys. And we love you. Yeah. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. And thanks for joining us on the ride home. Right